Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ala seyyidina Muhammed. Seyyidil evvelin vel ahirin. Ve ala alihi ve sahbetihi ecma'in. Esselamu aleyküm ve rahmetullah. Ramadan sa'id, Ramadan kareem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in suratul waqi'ah uh, paints a very powerful picture of the role of revelation, particularly the Qur'an in our lives. And he says after, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ فَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِمَوَاقِعِ النُّجُومِ وَإِنَّهُ لَقَسَمٌ لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ عَظِيمٌ إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ Allah says, I swear by the stars, and indeed this is an incredible oath, that it is the noble Qur'an. To understand it basically means like, I swear by the stars that the Qur'an is a noble text. Commenting on this, uh, some of our ulama said that the relationship was called al-munasaba, between the oath and the object of the oath, between the qasam and the jawab al-qasam, between swearing on the stars and the Qur'an, the, the shared relationship with them is that stars were used in ancient times during night as like a GPS, right? Stars served as the map that people use to guide them at, 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 at times of, uh, uh, like at nighttime. And similarly, when we find ourselves going through difficult times in our lives, times of fear, times of concern, the Quran acts like those stars, subhanAllah, man, that guide us through those difficult times. Allahu Akbar. Also in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Mulk, um, وَلَقَدْ زَيَّنَّ السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِمَصَابِيحَ وَجَعَلْنَاهَا وَجَعَلْنَاهَا رُجُومًا لِلشَّيَاطِينَ وَأَعْتَدَنَا لَهُمْ عَذَابَ السَّعِيرِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we made stars as a means to repel Satan. So the other relationship between the Qur'an and stars is just as stars repel Satan, you know, in, 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 in the universe, the ayat of the Qur'an repel Satan from our hearts. So mashallah, man, the job of the Qur'an is to guide us and also to protect us. And this is the month of Ramadan, and we, of course, have experienced one of the greatest fruits of this month is an increased exposure to revelation. Now, for many of you, last night you read Surah Taha, which is the 20th chapter of the Quran. So I thought I would just give three quick reflections uh, on three different verses. Uh, the first is going to be verses 17 and 18, and then verse 44, and then the 82nd verse. When you look at verse 17 and 18, you see this really, really beautiful, powerful, caring conversation between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Sayyidina Musa. We know that Allah says in the Qur'an, Moses, right? Allah says in the Qur'an, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Right? In Surah Nisa, Allah says that Allah spoke to Musa. Now, here is something awesome I heard from one of my teachers when I studied in Egypt when I was in high school in Azhar, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى Allah asked Sayyidina Musa, what is that in your right hand? And what, what transpires is very powerful, right? 
you see Satan and Musa begin to talk about what is in his right hand, embellishing it to like the umpteenth degree. In Arabic, this is called Iqnab. So huwa yutnib, yani yutnib fil kalam. What that means is that someone like goes overboard in talking about something like instead of what's called ijaz, which is the norm, which means to be concise and clear, right? Here, someone embellishes. And this is used in rhetoric uh, to teach sometimes what's considered mafhum, what's considered understood from the verse instead of what's mantuq, what's actually spoken. So that's what happens here. There's a great, great lesson happening. Right? Sayyidina Musa says that this is my staff and I, 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 I rest on it and I use it to direct my flocks. And, and you know, I use it for a lot of other stuff. You know, it's a staff, man. Like if someone were to pick up a stick or a staff, right? And talk about it in that way, you'd be like, wow. So our teacher asked us, why Why do you think that the staff becomes like a gem in the hands of Prophet Musa? So there's a few lessons from this. Number one is to appreciate whatever we have as being a ni'mah, no matter how small it is, no matter how, how minuscule it is. And you can imagine if the Lord of all things, the Lord that has given you everything, is asking you about something that you would have never had without him giving it to you and creating it, then of course you're going to be thankful for it and you're going to recognize the bounty and the blessing and the blessing of that thing. But the second lesson is powerful, man. And my teacher asked me, he said, you know, when you make dua, when you supplicate, do you tend to supplicate quickly or do you like take your time? And I said, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like I found myself kind of doing like an in and out dua, man, like drive through style. And he was like, well, Sayyidina Musa turns the stick into something important because he wants to savor. He embellishes because he wants to savor the opportunity to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, every time you make dua, every time you raise your hands and you supplicate, right? You're speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the lesson that we take from that is taking our time and appreciating those moments of being alone with God, man. وَإِذَا سَأَدَكَ إِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانٌ Right? When my, when my servants ask you about me, I'm indeed close. I answer the one who calls upon me. So the first lesson we take from Sultaha is how a prophet through ma'rifah of Allah and ma'rifah of the haqiqah is able to take a staff and talk about it like it's something invaluable, not because of what he has in his hand, but because of who he's speaking to. The second lesson that we take is how faith should modify and transform our character, right? Faith is a transformative power, right? It's not just a ritual. It's not just dogma at its very core, the power that faith has to transform people. 
uh, I once used to minister in prisons years ago and a warden told me, he said, nothing changes people like faith. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, um, very beautifully, أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ As for the one that Allah gave in shirah, right? Allah opened their chest to, to Islam. فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِنْ رَبِّي And that person is on a light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? The, the transformative power of faith. يُخْرِجُكُمْ مِنَ الظُّرُمَاتِ إِلَى النُورِ Allah has taken you from darknesses to light. As for the one who is dead, and we brought that person, right? We brought that person to life with Iman. We see this in the story of Sayyidina Musa in Surah Al-Qasas. We find that, you know, he, he runs into someone, min shi'atihi, from his group, and someone is oppressing that person, and he reacts, right? And he, he grabs the person, hits him, and kills the person, right? The person dies. He says, Inna hadha min shaytan, right? Then he wakes up, oh man, this is from shaitan. And, and, you know, he realizes he made a mistake. But then later on, we see this is how he acts with one person who is oppressing his people. Later on in Surah Taha, we see Sayyidina Musa, Allah says, Idhaba ila fir'awna innahu taha. Allah orders Musa, and Harun to go to Fir'aun. فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلَ لَيِّنَ But speak to him. And Layna means like a, a, a type of statement or word that is going to bend someone's heart. Right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to impact their heart in a way that softly massages, right? And, and, and normalizes their spiritual state so that they will accept what you're saying. So here we see Musa He's not hitting Fir'aun. He's not losing his temper. He's composed. He's serious. And he has asks. He's not capitulating, right? But he has adab. And Sheikh Abdul Karim Zaydan, one of the great modern scholars, says, because in Surah Qasas, he wasn't a prophet yet. He wasn't a prophet. But he became a prophet. And here's another side lesson. In Ni, he says in Surah Taha, quoting Musa, I, I, I see that there's fire over there, right? So let me go and get this fire for you. So uh, something to think about for brothers and sisters out there in the activism world, brothers and sisters that are out there, you know, thinking about engaging in public life is that success is predicated on service. So he serves his family and he goes to get fire and comes back a prophet. But the point is, after prophethood, he's sent to Fir'aun, and now he has character. Now he has adab. He's still passionate, but faith has transformed him. So one of the signs of, of true faith is that it helps, right, temper some of our passions, right, in a way that doesn't destroy the truth of our cause and, and the justice that we may want to call to. And the first justice is la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. But we're able to do it now composed and with character. So one of our teachers said that the outcome of Iman is a transformation of character. And we find that here. In Surah Al-Qasas, loses his temper, kills somebody on accident. Surah Taha, he's going to a person who's not only oppressing one person, he's oppressing his entire nation, but he's composed. Firm, but composed. 
The last lesson that we'll take from this beautiful chapter is the 82nd verse. Ya Allah, man. What a, what a verse. Verse 82 in the 20th chapter is, is one of the most beautiful verses to me in the Quran. Which means, and indeed, inni, uh, in Arabic is used to speak to someone who either doesn't believe you or isn't confident. So, so here is talking to you and I who may like, may really be worried about our sins and that our sins are so great that we fear our sins more than we hope in Allah. So a lot of people like that, man. So Allah says, what in indeed I, like there's no doubt. I got you. La. And the word la also is called lama tokid. So indeed I, indeed. Like, that's how you would literally translate it. Like, for real, for real. Indeed, I am indeed the forgiving. Ghaffar. Ghaffar, the form is fu'al. And this is called sirah al-mubalagha, which means, I'm not, I'm not just like forgiving. I'm transcendent in my forgiveness. I can forgive everything i can forgive anything that's that's allah's promise liman and that word lamb means specifically li ikhtisas only to who liman taba to the one who turns to me and repents the word toba means to turn away from something literally so the idea is here that figuratively I'm turning away from the evil that I've done. And it may not be an absolute turn. It may be step by step by step by step by step. Right. But I'm turning every inch is a victory in repentance. Right. Every inch that we step away from evil is a minor victory. And sometimes it takes a lot of steps to make that one step. So don't kill yourself, man. Don't shoot yourself in the foot with doubt and depression. Right. And being dismissive. So I am indeed, indeed the ultimate forgiver for the one taba, for the one who turns to me, the one who turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَآمَنَ and believes, وَعَمِلَ صَالِحَا and does good, right? So these conditions are mentioned, right? Repentance, turning away from evil, right? Faith, belief, followed by good deeds. Thumma And then, and it's interesting, the form ihtada is the form if ta'ala. It's an Arabic verb, right? And that verb is the verb which means to push yourself. Fihi takalluf. Right? We say like there's a sense of burden. So I'm working for it. It's not just I'm expecting it because I'm so awesome, right? It's so many people out now, out there nowadays, man, who have just unleashed the dam of their ego. And then they, 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 they allow that to submerge them until they float on top of their ego. But you know what, man? When you release a dam and you flood things, you kill and harm a lot of people too. Ego is dangerous. And we live, we live in a world now. Uh, where the I is constantly perpetuated. But for us as Muslims, two of the most important foundations of our community, 
are God and we. Iyaka na'abudu. Right? Not iyaka a'budu. And that runs counter to, to critical theory. We'll talk about that in the future. But here it's about thumma tada. I'm not special, man. I gotta work for guidance. So I'm gonna work for it. Right? And how do I work for it? It's mentioned subhanAllah before that. Repentance, faith, and good deeds. So these are just three kind of simple reflections on the 20th chapter. So Taha, number one, really being passionate and deliberate and taking our time in dua and supplication because we get to talk to God, subhanAllah. The second is how faith should transform us and anchor us into a set of um, non-negotiable morals and ethics. And then last is the idea of never losing hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that if our hope is sincere, it's going to be coupled with repentance, faith, good, and then ihtada, seeking to maintain that guidance. And that, that implies that guidance is something you got to work for, right? It doesn't just fall from the heavens because you're special. It requires work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala habib ya rabbana ilayna kitabak. We ask Allah to make uh, his book, beloved to us, was Sunnah to Nabiq and, of course, the Sunnah of the Prophet We ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to help us be supporters and caretakers for one another. Barakallahu fiqum wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.